Welcome back to New Rock Stars. This is a big question. Hey, I, I'm hosting a big question again. I miss this show. This is a show that gives you too much information about how many different roadies are out there across the multiverse working on their boom. Are you looking for this, bits? Boom. You looking, you looking for, for this? this? <laughs> I'm Eric Boss. I'm here today with Marina Mastros. It's been a minute, Marina. I know. It's been a minute. It's been a minute for Big Question for You, and it's been a minute for, for you and me together. I know. It's. It, I've been holed away in this blue dungeon, counting um, just weird little uh, red blops on a screen. Uh, trying to figure out how many Black Widow agents are out there or uh, weird signs in the background of the Loki void to see what other things have been pruned. But I realized that we're starting to get a sense of how big the Marvel multiverse really is. So I think it's a fun opportunity to talk about that today. Hit me with that big question. Exactly. So Loki has blown the MC universe wide open. So before the series started, we only knew about a couple of possible timelines, mm. but now we know that there are so many different timelines yeah. out there just like smashing into each other. And that leads us to this week's big question, which is how many timelines exist in the MCU? A bunch! Goodbye, everybody! Uh, so, you remember a few years ago when the MC was just starting to grow, we all had our minds blown away when that first Avengers film came out and managed to pull together all these individual storylines, and then things kept growing and the MCU just got bigger and bigger, we went to space, we learned about magic, we shrunk into the quantum realm, but it all existed in this just one beautiful, now we know, sacred timeline. But then Avengers Endgame happened and whoa baby, our universe suddenly grew into a multiverse. Branch timelines became a thing thanks to a quick metaphysics lesson from the Ancient One. So now our boy Cap could go live off a sweet retirement with his main squeeze in a brand new timeline. Let's hope he was able to invest in Google in that timeline. If he did it, he was a fool, an idiot. Um, so really, uh, Avengers Endgame kind of set things in a certain way that there were at least four coexisting MCU timelines going on. He had the main, the prime MCU timeline that we now call the sacred timeline, we think. And then uh, Loki escaped into a branch timeline that got pruned, but that's the one that we started the Loki series in. And then we believe Stephen Peggy's love fest happened in another timeline. Love fest. We assume that that's all they were doing for at least the end of the 40s, right? I yeah, mean, that's what yeah, most yeah. Americans were doing back then. They were just making baby boomers who destroyed our environment that we now have to live in. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this other timeline that we call the No Thanos 2014 timeline because Thanos left that with Gamora and Nebula. So that kind of left this other variant timeline with, with No Thanos in it. So we know those four. Uh, now our understanding of the multiverse has been smashed into a smithereens, once again, thanks to the Loki series. And we know there are so many more variants and prune timelines out there. So I think we should add to those four timelines to see if we can figure out just how big the known Marvel cinematic multiverse is. And our logic here is that for every variant that implies some timeline, whether or not it was pruned, some timeline that either does exist or once existed, every specific artifact that was left over that we see in the uh, in the TVA represented some other timeline and everything in the void. And then anything else that might have been mentioned on the TVA chrono monitor screen oh of, a, of a date and a location of some Nexus event. So um, in the Loki series, we meet Sylvie. We know she grew up on Asgard. That was one timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's classic Loki, Richard E. Grant's character. He Everyone's had favorite. He's so great. 
great. He's fantastic. I want to watch his life. There's even uh, a theory that he could be our same Loki uh, had he did fake his death. Had he oh. did. Had he did. <laughs> I didn't even question it. Yeah. You know, that's a thing. People just don't question me. I, I just kind of stammer out stuff and people are like, sounds good. But this guy uh, faked his death against Thanos and then uh, just kind of drifted out into space for whoever knows how long. That was a whole other timeline. Yep. You have Kid Loki, who killed Thor when he was a kid. That was another mm-hmm. timeline. Boastful Loki. We don't really know what his whole thing was because he's a liar. Alligator Loki came from some timeline where he ate the wrong neighbor's cat. Then we have that Martin guy. Josh Fatum is the guy's name. He was the son of the guy who worked at Goldman Sachs, and he was a variant in episode one. He got pruned. Some other timeline there, right? We have the Loki variants that Mobius lists. There was five of them that he went through. One of them was the Tour de France guy, which uh, was, I believe, a reference to a year when the cup of the Tour de France went missing. So I think that was kind of linked to to Loki there. There was one guy watching that who was like, I get it! (laughs) And he was on a bike, and then he he crashed into something. (laughs) Then there was that one bearded variant that uh, young Sylvie sees getting arrested, and she's like, help him! He came from somewhere, Marina. He mattered. (laughs) Don't think that just because he had one line, he didn't matter, because he did. That one line was just the top piece of paper of a long stack of lifelong dialogue. And we'll never know what it was. Uh, And then, of course, President Loki. He came from uh, Timeline. And then his whole army, minus the one that we already saw Mobius list off. So that was another nine Lokis. So right there. That's 21 more Timelines added to the MCU. Boom. You looking for this? You're welcome. So I believe we're at 25 right now. I don't know. Maybe we're 21. I I can't math. But Marina, since we know that all TVA employees are variants as well from their own timelines, Mm -hmm. they also count. So we got Mobius and Mobius coming from a jet ski in timeline, we have to assume. Yeah, baby. Uh, Then we got Ravonna Renslayer. Uh, And then we got some hunters. We know B-15. There's C-20. There's D-90. There's U-92. And then Casey, our friend Eugene Cordero. He comes from a timeline in which he doesn't know what fish are. I love him. He's he's amazing and everything. Then we have the woman of the library who shush Loki. And then the main librarian. We got the scanner clerk, the paperwork clerk, and the cute little cat. Uh, young <laughs> Sylvie's judge, who was a different guy than Renslayer. And then that variant who kind of looks like Peggy Carter, we think. We don't know. Yeah. And then the guy behind the glass who's taking tickets. And then, according to IMDb, there are 18 credited Minutemen. Some of them get killed by Sylvie. Uh, and then uh, five credited analysts. But then there's like also eight TVA employees sitting in the courtroom between Loki and young Sylvie's trials. And then 30 other, we think, background TVA employees and Minutemen that aren't quite credited, but you see at least like uh, three, 30 or so extras that are yeah. running around. So all of these employees that we see would add to another 75 timelines to our multiverse. God, oh my God. And I know you might be asking, Marina, because I'm reading your mind, and I assume you're asking this. I am. Why couldn't some of them just have been pruned from the same timeline? No, that's not how Nexus events work, right? Like you, you were the one Nexus event that skewed a new timeline into a mm-hmm. new multiverse. And the fact that it's pruned doesn't matter. There's still uh, evidence of it once existing. Mm-hmm. And maybe not all of them got pruned. Maybe some of them lived on. Maybe the TVA is lying about whether the sacred timeline really doesn't exist in a multiverse. I think that's Ooh. the case, right? Yeah. So there are objects of the TVA as well. There's props. Every little thing oh is my God. magic. Every little thing you do is magic. Every little thing needs to get pruned. Everything 
it creates a timeline. <laughs> so uh, starting with the crap we see in Casey's uh, evidence locker there, right? Mm -hmm. So there's 19 different infinity stones. Oh! Whoa, baby. Wow. And then about 15 other objects. There was like a rare baseball card in there. There was a dagger. There was a, a French military medal. It's a bit hard to tell. But uh, on Ravona Rensselaer's shelf, there's a snow globe and there are 11 other objects. There's also that pen from FDR High School. That's important, right? Now we can move on to the Nexus events that occur in the series and are often shown on the ticker on the Chrono Monitor screen. Ooh. So Sylvie makes three before we officially meet her. Uh, they show one in France, one in Oklahoma, and then the Ren Fair. Uh, the, that's in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Then Sylvie bombs the Sacred Timeline and we get 26 more branches that's listed on those screens in different areas in years. And I did a whole video breaking them down. I don't know if that's ever really that important. But you did it anyway! Those timelines presumably existed and they were pruned and everything's fine now. But then for various other shots of temp pads and chrono monitors, like when we just see different locations flickering across and in my breakdowns they say, hey look, that says Seoul, South Korea. That adds up to 18 more Nexus events. So that adds 47 more timelines to our growing oh, multiverse. Oh my god! I know, I know. But now it is time to look at the void that we saw in episode five. And this oh place my god. <laughs> just full of it. Ugh. It's full of prune timelines. Do it, Eric, do it! We can do this. Let's do this thing! So there's a big Easter eggs we see. The Lighthouse of Alexandria, the Sphinx and the Pyramids, uh, the Thanos Copter, the giant yellow jacket helmet, the heads of the Living Tribunal. In total, there are 19 of those that, uh, okay. that I spotted in episode five. Now in that bowling alley where the Loki's hideout is, there's more items like the Polybius arcade game, Space Mission Pinball, the candy canes that are all part of the uh, Santa Land setup. The Ecto Cooler High C box. It's difficult to say what came from the bowling alley, what might have already been there, right, and what right. was salvaged from the void and brought in there. But it's safe to assume that among all that's been collected, that we can see there's probably at least 20 more timelines represented in the bowling alley. I mean, there's also that old 1930 monster book. There's yeah. the rocks cart wine that they're drinking. Like, you gotta assume. That's so, like a very safe estimate. Yeah. We're even, we're even lowballing it there. Now, Sylvie wakes up in a bus and it's picked up by uh, Mobius in a pizza car. So that's two more. That bus came from yeah. somewhere. Uh, the pizza car came from somewhere. You know what? Has anybody said that the pizza car could be from, I mean, this is, it's all Disney, but the Pixar, when what's in pizza Toy Planet? Story? The pizza planet? Yeah, a, a lot of people have asked about that. Um, no, you were the first one, Marina. Well done. Because we, were, we Wait, recorded really? this. No, there are there have oh, been okay. a few people to ask. But you're the first person to ask me in person. And oh, good. I'm holding my Starbucks straw right now. And that's important. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to cut a bunch of that. No, we, we're leaving. This is a good stuff. We're leaving. <laughs> okay, okay. No cuts. No cuts. Hey, it could be a Pixar Pizza Planet thing. It just, uh, I'm trying to remember if Pizza Planet ever had like a springy slice of pizza. I think it was a rocket ship usually on the top of the car, uh, wasn't it? Okay. But each, in each movie where Pizza Planet shows up, it kind of takes a different form, you know? So you see Pizza Planet throughout the ages. I'm going to say it is. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. Yay, it is. It is. I wanted Mobius to show up as lightning. Is that too hard to ask? so cute. Cause I all that would have been cute. But alas, I dropped my Starbucks straw. I'm going to 
pick it up with my monkey feet. And I got it. Yes. Because this is important. Now, finally, we got to consider the buildings in the void. Each building likely represents its own prune timeline, right? Because a lot of them are specific. There's the Kang Tower. There's the bowling alley. There's Dom's Barbershop. I assume that's where um, Toretto went before he lost all his hair. Loki's our family. We get this sweeping shot of what we call the downtown area, the void. It's hard to see them all, but each building we think is a separate timeline. It includes, you know, there's a Sanctum Sanctorum among them. Uh, It looks like there's about 70 buildings as we sweep in to see. Oh my God. And then in the background, there's another huge collection of buildings on that horizon. So I think based off of the area we just passed that other area seems bigger i think that's safe to say it's another hundred buildings oh my gosh you yeah. know what yeah why not why not you gotta think like in, in, in the downtown area of any major city it's about it's quite a few it's about a hundred you gotta say at minimum at minimum now uh there's also some random items that we we're able to see in the void like you know there's power lines there's just a stray house there's subway cars something dropped from the sky that looked freshly pruned that everyone was like it's cat but i'm like I, it doesn't look like cat it looks like some weird ship that has like a a, a <laughs> trombone <laughs> uh, bullshit trombone uh funnel at the end all in all those kind of add to another 40 more timelines of those. Oh my God. Yeah. So the void in total adds uh, 251 more timelines. Wow. wow. So once we add all of this up, we get a grand total of 444 known timelines in the MCU multiverse. Quite a step up from the four we knew about wow. just a little a month ago. But guys, we got 10 episodes of What If coming up. So that's at least 454. And we don't know if certain MCU properties might have taken place in alternate timelines. Like Red Guardian was talking about fighting Cap. He could have been fighting Steve Rogers or Isaiah Bradley. So what Cap was he fighting if not some multiversal traveler? Is that 456 Mm -hmm. we're at now? And then in the finale, when He Who Remains talks about the other Kang variants who warred with each other throughout that tableau, it was implied to be infinite, though we saw precisely 17 of them. And then at the end of the episode, it's B-15 and Mobius. Look at the Chrono Monitor screen, add those up. That's 53 more new timelines forming. And then call me crazy. But I tried to count all those lightning bolt branches orbiting the Citadel. Here's how I did it. I took the frame where it looks the most spiderwebby before we cut away from it. And then I estimated that about 10% of the visible frame shows about, from what I could count, 180 timeline strands. So multiplying that up by 10 for this one frame, that's 1,800 more timeline strands. But then if you think about it, this frame just shows one wedge of what the full timeline ring would be. So based on the angle, I'm going to say this shows about one-sixth of the full loop. So that would mean at least 10,800 branches formed when the sacred timeline fractured. Probably a lot more than that, but this is what we can see in the episode. So adding up our, the number we got up to, 456, plus 17, plus 53, plus 10,800, we have at least, Marina, 11,326 timelines that we have visual or corroborating evidence for confirmed in the MCU. <gasps> Nice work, Eric. That's so much. Thank you. And thank you to uh, off-screen producer Brandon Barrick. He helped me track down a lot of these ones. It's a lot of counting. A lot of our job. People are like, how do you find all these Easter eggs? I'm like, I literally stick my face close to the screen. And Brandon can tell you this now. He had to do this. Stick your face close to the screen and then grab your Starbucks. Shit, where did it go? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Grab your Starbucks. This is why it's important. And I count. I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then I screen grab it and I bring it into Photoshop and I brighten it and I adjust the contrast. I'm like, oh, that letter is Q-E-N-G. 
Got it. You gotta do the dirty work. It's not any brilliance. It's just doing the damn homework and being willing to delay your video a day. Well done, Eric. Well done, Brandon. There's no magic to this. Well, um, if you haven't already seen, we've dropped some exclusive Black Widow-inspired merch over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. There's our limited edition latest obsession shirt and some cool stickers, other shirt designs inspired by the movie. You can even get a Red Ledger journal. It looks great. So whether you're getting the hourglass design, the Russian nesting doll design, they all look pretty great. Uh, and this journal, oh, just a great place to write down all the people you've assassinated or just all the boys you're crushing on. And you can find all those and all of our other merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Also a great place to pick up one of our uh, Loki-inspired shirts, which hopefully there are still some uh, while supplies last. But before we dive into our bite-sized questions next that Marina's going to answer for us, mm -hmm. just some words from the folks that help us bring you big question. Credit karma! So Credit Karma wants to help you with a Credit Karma money spend account. Get rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases with Credit Karma money. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your Credit Karma money debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma. Uh, open your FDIC insured spend account for free. And when you make a purchase between July 1st and July 23rd, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million thanks to Credit Karma money. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning with instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. member FDIC maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Also, thanks to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode. There are some simple pleasures in life that help to make your day a little better. When you have enough ketchup for every fry, or when you find the perfect parking spot, or when your underwear is so comfortable you want to do a little dance when you put it on. Well, MeUndies has the most dance-worthy underwear I have ever worn. They're breathable, super soft underwear comes with everything from classic colors to ridiculous prints in a range of sizes from extra small to four extra large. Never leave your couch again with a MeUndies membership, a monthly subscription that sends you new pairs right to your door. So when you shit right through your, your boxers every first Friday, you don't have to worry. A new order's coming right your way. Uh, this monthly subscription sends you new pairs right to your door. Each month, you'll choose new undie socks and a bralette and pick the style and color or print that feels the most you. Plus, enjoy discounted pricing and free shipping and exclusive early access to new launches. Love your butt and get the membership. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. So to get 15% off your first order in free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash big question. That's MeUndies.com slash big question. Hey, Marina! Yeah, buddy! Are you ready for some bite-sized questions? Yes, I am. Let's do this. So our first question comes from Alice Rose on Discord. Thank you for supporting us, by the way. Uh, what are the Ragnarok rules for Asgard in the MCU versus the comics? Also, if regular Asgardians die during Ragnarok, will they come back? 
Uh, yeah, great question. Thank you, Alice Rose. Keep those questions coming, everybody. Um, so the events that lead up to Ragnarok in the MCU are fairly straightforward. This was probably done to simplify the event since they have to pack all of Ragnarok into a single film. So we don't blame them for that. Mm -hmm. um, the crown of Searcher needed to be reunited with the Eternal Flame to restore Searcher to full power and destroy Asgard. In the comics, Ragnarok is depicted as more of a cycle that repeats itself over, over and over, over eons of time. It is the death and destruction of Asgard and some of its gods, but it's also their rebirth. So the cycle of Ragnarok was set in motion by those who sit above in shadow. And these are sort of primal gods who feed off of the energies that are released during Ragnarok, which actually makes sense scientifically because I watched a documentary on black holes and they actually release radiation, which is crazy because we used to think that nothing came out of them. Isn't that wild? And now we know, wow, that's fascinating. I know, scary. and that's real science and scary. <laughs> According to the prophet Vala, there are several events that precede Ragnarok. Uh -huh. So an incredibly powerful winter known as the Fimble, Fimbul Winter. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not Norwegian, yeah. but this is how I'm going to pronounce things. Go for it. Go for it. I'm going to do my best. Uh -huh. um, Fimbul Winter falls over Asgard, causing panic among the citizens and eventually leads to infighting because everybody's struggling for resources. And then also Loki will trick the blind god Hodor. Hodor! Hodor! <laughs> Hodor the Durr. Hodor! Uh, into killing uh, Baldur the Brave, Thor's half-brother. So okay. once these events happen, Heimdall sounds the horn, announcing Ragnarok has begun. The next events are Loki leads trolls and giants into Asgard across the Bifrost. Oh Heimdall will destroy the Rainbow Bridge, but he will also be killed by the invading army. Thor and Loki will meet for their final conflict, but they will be interrupted by the Midgard Serpent. And then finally, Surtur shows up from Mus Muspelheim and uh -huh. finishes off Asgard. That sounds German. Yeah, yeah, it's Norse. Muspelheim? Yeah. I don't know, I'm not very good at it. No. Uh, whoever is Nordic in the internet is, like, just shaking. You know, it. they've had to deal with people mispronouncing their um, their language all the time. And we apologize yeah. every time, because we love you guys. Yeah, sorry! But you got long words. Long words. <laughs> uh, it's true. Um, so then, eventually, a new race of gods rises up from the ashes, and this whole thing begins again. Mm -hmm. So all of this happens before or around the time of 81 um, when Jesus is like really busy during that time. Yeah, being a baby and doing nothing yet. <laughs> um, but some of the- <laughs> uh, Why am I being so mean to the baby Jesus? It's just not getting killed. Did not have an easy life, born in a manger. Put Yikes. in some work, put in some work, buddy. <laughs> but so some of these things, some of these events were actually different than how Vala described. Oh. So like, for example, Odin is killed by the Fenris wolf. Loki and Heimdall kill each other, and Thor was killed by the Midgard serpent's venom. And another previous Ragnarok occurred around a million BC, according to Buri, Thor's great grandfather. But some of the events of that Ragnarok also didn't align with the prophecy. Uh huh. Prophecy says. Never mind what the prophecy says. So the other question is, but what about the MCU? So Ragnarok was pretty much just Surtur destroying Asgard. But some other events from Vala's prophecy in the comics came true. Like Loki brought the frost giants into Asgard in the film Thor and Odin died in Thor Ragnarok. And even Heimdall died, right? Like eventually. Yeah, yeah, shortly after, a few months after. Yeah, that counts. So there were some elements of Vala's prophecy that did come true. And um, just so we don't think it's over, the cycle continues because new Asgard has been established in Tonsberg. 
It's, it sounds German every time. Yeah. In to- <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Tonsberg, Norway, and they have a new ruler in Valkyrie, which I'm very excited about. And as for Asgardians being brought back, they don't really get reborn like the god figures do. They prefer to make people the old-fashioned way. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite way. F- in tubes. Oh, but yes, f- well, some of us were, were assembled in laboratories. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about a test tube baby. I was built with the parts of dead convicts and then flipped a switch. <laughs> You're a Frankenstein. I'm yeah. not familiar with the reference. I was built with the bodies of dead, dead prisoners. What's wrong with that? It's alive! Anywho, an excellent job, Marina. What Yay! a very thorough answer to that question. Okay, so another question from one of our uh, Discord users. We have Yanis uh, Julius who asks, can the pheromones or anything even remotely close to them from the Black Widow movie exist? Thanks, Giannis. Um, Okay, so this is actually a, kind of a wild answer. So whether or not a secret pheromone weapon exists similar to the one from Black Widow, we don't know. But um, I'm pretty sure like Cinnabon is the same thing because like you can't <laughs> yes. be close yes. to it. Like, you know what happens is you just turn into a cartoon and do that floaty thing. Yeah, I was about to say, mm, like a pie on the windowsill and you just float over to it. And then you like Garfield scarf it. Um, um, um. Yeah. So, so they obviously already have a technology. It's just called cinnamon. Yeah. But what's wild is that we do know that the U.S. government has done research into the potential of harnessing pheromones. So, in 2007, the U.S. Army backed a study called Identification and Isolation of Human Alarm Pheromones. They studied the bodily fluids of subjects participating in their first ever tandem skydive, which I have done and is a lot of, a lot of chemicals going on. Wow. Mostly, mostly you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then a lot of adrenaline, stuff like that. So that makes sense. Oh so God. they were trying to find a certain chemical in human fear sweat. And by the time I got on the ground, I was drenched. Oh, fear sweat. Yeah, I've sweated buckets of fear sweat. It's great. Very valuable to the government. Yeah, you should just donate it next time. And the Pentagon through DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency in 2004, commissioned a study called, no, (laughs) stay with me on this, Integrated System for Emotional State Recognition for the Enhancement of Human Performance and Detection of Criminal Intent. Wow, this is a whole origin story for me. It is, Eric. (laughs) Um, Close, but they did want to develop systems that could monitor people's pheromones to determine their intent. So this is crazy. They wanted to uh, make something, and you can think of it as like a security measure for places like military bases or airports. So they could see if someone was emitting pheromones that indicated they were about to do something bad. Wait, so is this like the TSA agent saying like, smells like a terrorist, lock him up? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't work, obviously, because, you know, it doesn't. And also, but they also do, like, whenever I go through the airport, they always, like, smell me a lot. So. Yeah, they, they do. It's, I mean, that's just kind of what the dog does, right? But they're like, well, yeah, we yeah, learned yeah. this from the dog. It's yeah, like, yeah. why you're smelling down there? It's just because just I'm nervous and they're like, she's going to do something. But this is even crazier. There's another more infamous project that the military considered uh, in 1994. 1994. Pretty okay. recent. Yeah. The United States Air Force Laboratory put together a three-page proposal for a, this is insane. This is, and I'm quoting, a gay bomb, okay? Hold on. I've ordered one of those at the Abbey before. (laughs) They taste great. They actually are really good. Uh, The concept behind this $7.2 million research proposal was simple. Drop a bomb that sprays female sex pheromones over enemy troops in order to make them sexually attracted to each other. They'd be too busy 
fucking to fight. Well, which, you know, of course, this idea is like absolutely insane when the project was rejected. But just think about it. somebody sat there and wrote that proposal and they were like, it's going to cost seven point two million dollars. We can probably just get these soldiers to f each other instead of fighting. Instead of pheromones, they could have just like dropped a bunch of Viagra and everybody just got. They could. Yeah. And they're just horny. They can't control it. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's a real bong hit idea. Oh man, um, but so pheromones are part of our genetic makeup and there is research to suggest that they do subconsciously affect the choices we make. However, we have not been able to unlock the technology to weaponize these pheromones against us. Not yet anyway, so we're safe for now. All right, well, thank God. Okay, Marina, we got time for one box of scraps question. And I really like the question this week. It is, have you ever found yourself in a position where you have been right about something, but no one believes you? I mean, this is still unprovable. Yes, many times. No one, everyone believes you, but no one believes me. But this is, this is still to this day, no one believes me and it's fine. But I know mm -hmm. I'm right. I live in, in LA and my childhood home is in LA in a suburb. And um, it's not like, where wild animals would be, but I was like 13 and my room was on the second story and my window faced the backyard and at like two or three in the morning, I heard like a really strong, like something shaking the branch of a tree. And I was like, what? So I like opened the window, looked out and granted it was dark, but I am, I am right. I'm right. That there is a monkey what? in the tree. Because it's a pine tree, the, like my neighbor's tree is a pine tree and it's giant, it's like a redwood, it's huge. And in order to shake those branches, you have to be so strong. And it was shaking, not like a little bit, it was like, like it would look like it was gonna snap the branch off. And I was like, and I ran into my parents' room and I was like, wake up, there's a monkey in the yard. And they were like, no, there's not. You're a you child. idiot. Yeah, go, go to bed. To sleep stupid. I went to my brother's room and I was like, wake up, there's a monkey in the yard. He was like, shut up, no, go back to bed. And I was, <laughs> and I just sat there and watched this monkey be in my yard for like 15 more minutes or whatever. And then it left and no, to this day, no one believes me. However, here's my evidence that it might have, that I think it's true. In Burbank, in Pasadena, in like in LA, little suburbs, there's literally parrots, green parrots that yeah. have- Yeah, oh, I've heard of the parrots. Yes, they're real uh -huh. and they're around and they've escaped, it's because they escaped the LA zoo and now they reproduce uh -huh. and they're just like out in the wild. So yeah. it's not out of the question that something, some shit escaped the LA zoo and was in my yard. Now, can you just, I, I, my instinct, even now, even though this is a story, I believe you're true. When you, my first gut instinct was like, no, she didn't. I know. She didn't see a monkey. I know. I but know. What kind of monkey was it? Was it like the, you know, capuchin, like Indiana Jones, bad dates monkey? No, it would have to have been like, based on the, <laughs> scientifically based on the amount, the, 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 the width of the branch and the strength with which it was being shaken, I'm gonna uh -huh. say a small chimp. Whoa, wait, well, okay, so we're not talking monkey, we're talking ape. This is, yeah. a, it's a, you think it's a chimpanzee that you, like a now it's harder for me to believe. I know. Because chimpanzees, it doesn't I mean, they're smart. It's fine, I, know, I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. This is what happens to me every time I tell the story, it's fine, it doesn't matter, I'm used to it. Not a single. <laughs> no. You're being gaslit by everyone you know. We've all talked without you in the room saying, look, Marina saw this monkey. She was not supposed to see the monkey. The monkey's going to surprise her. 
in a couple years from now, but she cannot see the monkey. I've told this story countless times. Not a single goddamn person has ever believed me or even thought it to be possible. So it's fine. Well, shortly after I met you, whether it was at like our improv theater or a bar or at a birthday party, some other friend, I went to the bathroom and the monkey was there smoking and said, <laughs> one day she's going to bring up me that she saw me outside of her window. Where did, I don't know why he has an accent. I don't know what accent that is. It's a little Russian or a little French. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, wow. What a great story. It's fine. I'm it's fine. It so interested. Matter. Marina's fine. monkey mystery. <laughs> What's yours, buddy? I have to think for a second because my problem is the opposite. Sometimes I get stuff wrong, like a trivia night with friends, and I'll be like, I think it's Azerbaijan. And people are like, that sounds like Eric knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And they'll say, write down Azerbaijan, and it's not Azerbaijan. Yeah. And then, so I have the opposite problem. I'm too trustworthy when you should <laughs> doubt me more. Um, but I do remember, I mean, you know how like there are these injustices that happen to you in grade school and they <laughs> kind of stay with you. But because you were like nine years old, <laughs> no one thinks that anything yeah. you say means anything. Yeah. Uh, well, I went to a Catholic school and oh, in fourth grade. Oh, okay. So you know how horrible that yeah, is. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you get a grade in religion. I what? know. I know. Uh, yeah. Just spend whatever that extra 45 minutes a day teaching us more math, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really. It been useful. But no, they, uh, in fourth grade, we alternated teachers. So we had one teacher who taught us uh, certain subjects, whatever that block style is. Yeah. And so we had one teacher who was not our homeroom teacher who just like hated everyone in our class. Like oh, she was so oh. mean to us all the oh. time. And I was a goody little two-shoes. I always did my homework on time. I never got in trouble, never did anything bad. So like everyone would be so excited whenever I screwed up or got in trouble. They'd be like, yes. Finally. Uh, and it was right at the end of the school year. Oh, my God. Uh, and I uh, didn't... You were supposed to, for your religion homework, you'd be getting an assignment. You had to do these certain pages of whatever the exercises yeah. are. And at the end, they did a thing called Family Corner or something like that. Okay. Where you had to sit with your parents and do, uh, like, exercises with them, read a Bible verse, talk sure. with them about whatever the sure. lesson was. And they signed it <laughs> And for me, I'm like, I would always do my homework on time, but my parents were just like getting drunk or hanging out with their friends or yelling at one of my other siblings. I couldn't always find time. I'm one of right, five. Right. So I would always, we would have two days to do our religion homework. I would always put that one off to the second night. Mm -hmm. Well, for whatever reason, our teacher decided, you know what? I'm mad at this class today. I'm going to check in their homework on the first day. No. Like rather than the second day. I'm like, but it's not due to the second yeah. day. And she held us accountable for all that. And I'm like, but I didn't know. Yeah. But she's so intimidating. And I was like, ah, well, then show for all those kids. She made us stand up as she yelled at all of us. And then she gave us an extra assignment to do. And I was so panicked from getting in trouble that first time. I didn't write down exactly what page numbers to do. So I went home and I did the page numbers. And I had my parents final sign. And they're like, whatever, fine. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, I should just, what most kids did was they just forged their parents' signature. I yeah. That, <laughs> you were too kid. honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, um, but I did the wrong pages and then the teacher got really mad at me and she, I was one of two kids who fucked that part of it. <laughs> so she made us miss recess. And because it was the end of the school year, the recess that day was like a special party no, for all the kids. No. And I wasn't allowed to go to it. I had to sit in her classroom. No. And she left and I finished. She's like, you need to fill your page with I will not, I will not, I will not. And I did. And I finished. 
and she left. She was gone. She left us unattended. And I'm like, well, I'm going to oh go God. back to the party. Yeah. And then she got super pissed at me and screamed at me. And then my homeroom teacher who liked me, she's like, Eric, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And I tried to explain. I'm like, I didn't, I have an excuse, but, but you're not good at like arguing on your behalf as a kid. Because you're a literal child. And I couldn't explain that I didn't no. do anything wrong. No. But I think this teacher was just glad to nail me. And even though it was a stupid thing, it's because there was just like yeah, uh, yeah, injustice yeah. upon injustice. Yeah. If you're like, uh, you know, a privileged white man and nothing <laughs> bad has ever happened to you, the one bad thing that has happened to you like... where it wasn't your fault just stays with you and haunts you. But for everyone else in the world, shit like this happens all the time. And I feel so bad for everyone has <laughs> to have just random injustices thrust upon them. I get your oppression. I understand yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I empathize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I've had it just as hard as you. What am I saying? That's so funny. Little tiny baby Eric being like, but I did my homework. But, but I did it. And he's like, why did you leave the room? But because it all began with, I didn't belong there to begin yeah. with. Good kid. Shut up. <laughs> but. Ultimately, I needed that. I needed probably someone to just yeah. be like, you know, you're a little jerk and you need <laughs> to just have something bad happen to you. <laughs> if that That's so funny because if that was the thing that formed you into the human you are, then, you know, we can't did, say much. The, the anxiety ridden person oh, of no. always crossing every T, dotting every I. <laughs> no, I was going to say you're I so nice. And then when I do miss something, I get, have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> That too. That teacher sounds nuts. I hope she was a substitute. Yeah. yeah. I think, she, no, she was a full-time no, teacher. No, no, And no. Every, she had the reputation of just like nailing no. every kid to the wall that she could. The yeah. nice, the nice ones, terrifying. the good ones. Oh I had God. the nice one. The other one was mean. Uh, but that's, uh, that's what, what I had to do with. Anyway. Well, what an episode. This has been a big question. Uh, if I'm a little rusty, I apologize. It's been a bit since no, I've done a big question. I've just enjoyed watching all of you guys host it and co-host it. You know, MT's Yay. so funny and you're so funny. Jessica's so funny. Tommy's so funny. So I just, I've been enjoying everything you guys do. Oh, uh, thanks, so bud. I'll be able to do more of these in the future. Yeah. But if not, and it's good to know it's been in good hands. Aww. Uh, well, uh, be sure to subscribe to the Big Question Podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow new rock stars uh, everywhere on social media and subscribe here on YouTube. Follow Marina at Marina Mastros on all social media. Yep. Follow me at EA Voss. Be sure to check out our great merch options again, newrockstarsmerch.com. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Look out for the monkey. <laughs> Don't you tell Marina. <laughs> I shake the tree. <laughs> <laughs>